Need an eco-smart aircon that gives you peace of mind? Get a Daikin aircon and you'll have smarter reasons to smile. Buy a Daikin iSmart Ecosystem 3 and above before 30th June 2024 and get one plus two years extended aircon warranty. Experience the convenience of smart and voice control. Just say the magic words to control your aircon. Experience it yourself at Daikin. Perfecting the air, Daikin. Uh, they came down to the funeral and like some were more tactful, some were less tactful, but the gist of it is that all of them were asking like, when are you coming back to work? Oh. Yeah. Hi, this is Jean Danker and welcome to another episode of the Are You OK podcast. And today we've got Chanel Yui here with us. She is a former teacher turned content creator and OnlyFans creator. She's here with us today. Hello, Chanel. Hi. <laughs> We're so excited to have you. And of course, you've got the very lovely clinical psychologist Jeannie Chu here with us to share her insights throughout the entire episode. Hi, Jeannie. Hi, Jean. Hi, Chanel. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us here today, Chanel. Really lovely to have you. Um, first things first, I want to know when you got started with teaching. Tell us all about it from the beginning. Um, from the beginning, right? Uh, <laughs> I took my A-levels. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And then I was deciding where to go for uh, further studies. But I, I wasn't from a very rich family. Yeah. In fact, we were quite struggling. Okay. So, so to further my studies, right, I could only take um, scholarships. And I applied for a few scholarships and I got accepted a few. But one of them was like MOE. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I took up their offer to teach art. Mm. So I got a scholarship to go to NTU ADM. And after that, I went to NIE. Then I started teaching from there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So did you taught art. Was there any other subject that you taught as well? Yeah, uh, I had to teach two subjects. So my first subject is art and my second subject is math. Wow. wow. Okay. Mm. Very brainy already. I already know she's yes. like super brainy because math is like the last thing that... No, I would I teach in. lower math. Just lower <laughs> math. Did you enjoy the time teaching? Tell us a little bit about it. Like when it, when you when you first started, I'm sure it was something something fun for you. Yeah, I really like teaching. In, in fact, like yeah. like the the whole experience with being the kid, being with the kids, and teaching them skills, watching them grow, like from like level zero to level one hundred. It's like. <laughs> you know like how some people like to watch speed runs yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's kind of like that especially in secondary school because it's, it's the point where like a kid turns into an adult yeah. so you kind of watch the speed run in four years kind of thing I bet you enjoyed the, te the, the teaching part of it the students part of it but mm -hmm. I know that you ran into some issues with the fellow teachers who um, I, I guess made life a little bit difficult for you you know it wasn't as fun uh, in that respect can you tell us a bit about that journey maybe I always tell people that in teaching there's two types of people yeah. the, the kids and the adults mm. and the adults are always the ones that are more difficult to uh, deal with yeah I mean kids kids can be difficult but it's like you know one out of 100 maybe yeah yeah but adults in general it's like oh. <laughs> uh. It's not just the teachers. I mean, there's management, there's okay. like um, staff, there is 
uh, parents, that yeah. things like mm. that. Just the general culture, because the the adults are the ones that make the culture of the place. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think the main issue for me is that like I don't really fit the mold of like the regular Singaporean teacher kind of image. You know, like like you must be super role model, wholesome, have BTO, two kids. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm not that type of person. And when you don't fit the mold, um, people will tend to pick on the stuff that yeah. that you do that's like not within their acceptable zone yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, so because I had hobbies, I had activities that I like to do. I had friends who like to party, they're in the nightlife scene, you know, and... Uh, some of my friends are in the media industry, uh, fashion industry, and I would spend my free time on weekends doing things like that, like partying, attending fashion events, yeah. doing mm. photo shoots, uh, cosplay, fashion walks, this kind of thing. Uh, and these are the things that interested me. And I also ran a public account, like an uh, Instagram account, yeah. but that, that was for my digital creations. So, because I, I'm from the art scene, right? I'm an art teacher. So, I consider my work like digital art, you know? So, I created the Instagram account to kind of have an online presence, but also to publish my, my digital content. Yeah. Yeah. Which, at that point of time, was just like digital artworks. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was me with like fashion stuff and then with a lot of like uh, digital edits, yeah. things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I like those kind of things. It's like very funky, you know? Yeah. Um, but of course, it's not um, very role model It's not like the Singaporean dream kind of like. <laughs> and so what problems did you run in with that? Were Was it the students, you know, I don't know, telling their parents like, hey, look at our funky teacher? Or is it like, mainly the other teachers and the principal and the staffs of going like, you know, Chanel, you can't be doing this, blah, blah, blah. Mm, yeah. So with every batch of students, right, like every year you get new faces and all, and like new people, these new kids, like maybe 20% of them will kind of find out that, oh yeah, this teacher has this thing. Yeah. And just like doing these things outside. It looks so funky. Yeah. And usually the kids are very excited. Yes, and I would imagine. Like, oh my God, it looks so cool kind yeah. of thing. And of course they will talk about it with their friends and with their form teachers or whatever. Yeah. That's mm. when the problem comes in. Uh, okay. <laughs> then okay. they're like, oh no, this is not appropriate. This is not what we want the kids to know or like... Mm. Um, this is not what we want to portray. Yeah. You're not fitting the image mm. kind of thing. Yeah, so uh, I got into trouble actually. Oh yeah. For mm. for the stuff that I posted online. So when they first got wind of my account, uh, it was pretty long ago. And they were already trying to ask me to like take it down. Like, you know, um, it's not very appropriate. That's, that's the usual phrase okay. that they're going to use. Mm. And... Uh, after questioning, I'm like, oh, why? Uh, which part of it is not, mm. kind of thing. They can't really answer. Yeah. yeah. So then after a few weeks, they will drop it. Okay. Then like one year or two years later, they, they'll bring it up again. They'll find something new that I posted or 
something that can be picked on and then they will talk about it again. Yeah. And it becomes like very tiring because like why are you adding so much more um management kind of problems Correct. for me to deal with so yeah. at which point did you decide like, okay, you know what, this is tough. I'm, I'm going through a lot of challenges with my teaching career as much as I love the kids and all that. I'm just going to switch out, do something else. And what led you to that point? Mm, I think there were quite a few factors. First of all, like the daily teacher routine is very, very hard to keep up, I think. For a teacher, right, I mean, you have lessons daily. Uh, you have to appear at the school around 7. Yep. Or earlier. I mean, if you appear at 7, people are like... And then... <laughs> really at 7? I thought school starts like... 7.20. Yeah. 7.20. Yes. Yeah. If, okay. if, you, if you... Because I take bus, right? And I take same bus as the kids. So I reach same time with the kids. <laughs> but you can't. You can't reach same time with the kids. Because <laughs> if you reach same time with the kids, then they're yeah. like... Why are you coming in with the kids? Yeah, Why yeah, are you yeah. not there when the kids arrive? <laughs> but I'm taking the same bus yeah. as the kids. <laughs> yep, yep, I understand. Okay. And then lessons start at 8, all the way until maybe 2 or 3, depending on your school. Yeah. And then after that, um, the afternoon time, usually you'll have like CCA, mm. committee meetings, contact time meetings. Right. Um, if you have graduating classes, you have like coursework classes, remedial Ooh. classes, all this Ooh. kind of thing. So oh my. there is not very often that you can go back at three. Yeah. 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 Because it's like, uh, there's only five days in a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. if like, out of these five days, you have like, you have CCA, contact meeting, uh, committee meeting, remedial uh, class, yes. password class, then the whole, That's the it. whole week, yeah. yeah, you don't go back early. Yeah. Yeah. And then most of the time, these classes run till like five, six. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, sometimes all the way until seven. Mm. Then you reach home at like eight, nine. Yeah. You have two hours of free time, then you need to sleep. Yeah. Mm. Okay. If not, you got not enough time to like yeah you permanently sleep deprived were, were there any other push factors i hear that your mom wasn't very well at at some point yes as well. yes so on top of that that daily routine right so at some point of time my mom fell sick and she passed away last year may i'm sorry uh, <laughs> yeah, i'm so sorry to you. it's fine she's in a better place i believe she got lung cancer and lung cancer spreads very quickly to the brain and stuff yeah so uh, a few years in, uh, it affected like her her speech and things like that, her ability to do things because it was in the brain. Right. right. Yeah. So she needed a lot more help at home, and at that there was a point where like um, I even needed to like between my classes needed I needed to go home mm. to um, check on my mother because. Yeah that point it was quite my home situation was quite messy my siblings were uh, between jobs you know or taking part-time kind of okay. thing and like there was no not many people at home to take care of my mom yeah so i had to go home between classes to like um check if she had yeah. anything to eat okay because she couldn't order food mm. and she couldn't say where she was kind of thing right yeah oh my god it sounds like a hard time yeah yeah it was <laughs> yeah so that became like a very stressful period and that was one of the things that uh, made me feel like i should maybe take a break or or 
have a change in my routine kind mm. of thing. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like it's a burnout. Can I, it, it can was, I say it that? It was. It was. Yeah. Definitely. Also, at the point of time, it was like COVID and just after COVID. Right. Yeah. During COVID, it was very tough already because, mm. you know, you're at home, but you have to work like 24 hours right. kind of thing. You have to be online, you have to conduct mm. classes, you have to like revamp the whole syllabus kind of right. thing. And then after COVID, it's even worse. Mm. And and on top of that, I had like stuff to deal with at home, right. my mom and stuff. It must be hard for you. So it sounds like it's the job demand, right? Because long hours and it's quite tedious, you know, coupled with the fact that you need to like take additional time to take care of your mom. And that's like physically exhausting. I'm mm. wondering for emotional ex exhaustion. I mean, are, are you that? At that point of time, yes, definitely. Mm. Yes. The reason why I ask is because um, burnout has actually three components. So one is actually emotional exhaustion, which can also be contributed by physical exhaustion as well. There's also cynicism. So basically, you're skeptical about work. You're not really into work. You know, you just keep thinking about negative thoughts about work. And then the last one is also um, professional efficacy. So it actually affects, you know, your competency at work. I'm wondering mm. whether for that, do you experience that? Yes, yes. So I did experience that um, and I was, I was pretty aware of it. But it came to a point uh, where I became not very functional. Mm. Okay. So that was the point where I seeked help. Mm. Yeah. And how I identified it was that like... Um, at that point, my mom was in the terminal stages of her illness. Like, uh, they, they were giving her like maybe a few months left. Okay. And I was facing a lot of stresses at work as well. Because at that point of time, my management decided to um, pick a fight about my, my Instagram stuff again. Oh gosh, okay. <laughs> and it was very stressful because uh, it was a matter that I cared a lot about as well. Because... Um, what they picked on at that point of time was I received like some sexual harassment posts okay. uh, oh no, DMs okay. in my Instagram I have a lot of content creator friends that also face the same problems yeah. and I was quite like stressed up at the moment also like uh, I have a lot of things going on why are you giving me this kind of thing so I screenshot it yeah. and, and I put it on my IG story you know, who is this? Like, can you don't do this? I was like, trying to stand up for mm. this kind of like sexual yeah. harassment thing. Like, can yeah. you don't do this to like creators and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and at that point, how I realized that I was not functional anymore was that um, I was conducting my classes like as usual but yeah. when when you when i enter a class it's like you know i switch on the mode yes and and you know i'm my usual muscle memory and interactive and very um engaging but once the students leave then it becomes a switch off mode and i turn off all the lights in the classroom and i just sit there for for like an hour or what, however long the break is. Wow. Yeah, and I just sat in the darkness for however long the break was. It could be like two hours until the next class. And then I switched on the lights and, and conducted again. Yeah, that, that was what was happening to me. During those two hours, like, are you thinking about anything? Or are you conscious or is just you're completely zoning out or like you're feeling like it's an out-of-body experience or... Um, it was more like zoning out. Like, I would have my laptop and my handphone and my 
worksheets and whatever with me, I would thumb through the papers, I would open close, open close the laptop, I would open close, open close all the apps, but I wasn't looking at anything. Right. Like, I just needed to have something moving. And then I'll just sit there and like, like that for I'm curious. Ages. What is that? Yeah, Genie. I'm curious actually. I want to ask Chanel. You know, is that your way of coping? Is that, I mean, do you, were you trying to detach away from work, or were you like lost interest? I mean, did did you like lose interest in, in 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 work at a point in time? I think at that point I lost interest in life. Like I was going through the motion, I was doing everything that was necessary by muscle memory only. How about like your usual hobby, you know, weekend, you were like going out for photo shoots and stuff. Do you still engage in those? During no, those at period? that point of time, no. So that, that was when I realized that oh, like if I'm spending my free time just, you know, making things move and fidgeting, then mm. that, that's not functional. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And was this the reason, uh, the catalyst for like, okay, I've, I'm done with this. I, I, I can't do this anymore. And then finding mm. to do other things and doing your content creator things. Mm, I don't think the switch was that um, sudden. Okay. But that was the point where I knew that I needed help mm. and that I needed a change. In, in whatever I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. So that was when I went to seek help from IMH. Yeah. Mm, okay. So, and what what um what kind of help did you get then for how long anyway? Um I asked my my close colleagues who one of them was like, you know, counselor trained. Yeah. And she, she gave me information on like how to get to IMH, mm-hmm. you know, get the the referral letters right. and things like that. And uh, she talked me through the process. And I went to IMH, I got diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had clinical depression, mm-hmm. not surprising. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and I got my meds and I used that to apply for no pay leave. Yeah, which finally got approved. So I, I told the school that I, I told the school that I needed to take care of my mom. I need a mm. break to take care of my mom and to help her pass on, which, which is true. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I, I actually um, tried to take no pay leave before. I, I tried to request for it, but it was always kind of like discouraged until I got like diagnosed. Yeah. Then, then they couldn't refuse yeah. the, the leave anymore. Oh, and then the last straw on the camel's back <laughs> was that, uh, so I took my no pay leave half, uh, about in March, halfway through the year kind of thing. Uh, and my mom passed on in about May. I took six months no pay leave though. So when my mom passed on, we had a funeral and all, my colleagues came down, like diff- different groups of like colleagues, management, things like that. and. Uh, they came down to the funeral and like some were more tactful, some were less tactful, but the gist of it is that all of them were asking like, when are you coming back to work? Oh, At oh, my mom's funeral. Oh God. I mean, I was a bit too shocked, you know, I mean, with the whole death and all to kind of react properly. Mm. So I just like kind of laughed it off, brushed it aside, but 
after a few days of like processing and stuff, then I realized that yeah, that wasn't appropriate. Yep. It's no empathy at all. Yeah. Right? No, no. And that was when I decided that yeah, probably I'm not going back. <laughs> So Chanel, like, why did you decide to do OnlyFans and yeah, was it a quick decision that you wanted to get into it or I don't know? Um, no, it wasn't a very quick decision. It was like, um, because after I quit my job, right, uh, I, I was trying to find like different sources of income to yeah. do, um, to earn money, to do stuff and, yeah. and all. Um, and a lot of my friends are my friend circle are in the media industry and also content creation and things like that so they are they were already doing all these things yeah and actually i had like a foot in already because like during covid i started live streaming mm. i was also running my own like public you know instagram account yeah content creation kind of things on a smaller scale mm. so um i already had like senpais in the industry so they they were telling me like oh if you want to do this you know you can join me or mm. I can show you how to like set up the stuff mm, okay uh, yeah so I I was going around and learning every a little bit of everything from everyone kind of thing yeah so it was like just gradually I started opening more platforms taking mm. content creation more seriously yeah taking up little like gigs like little sponsorships or little uh, paid ads and sort of things yeah and. And um, I, I quite enjoyed doing all these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one of the things that uh, and OnlyFans was only one of the things that um, what I tried out. Yeah. Yeah. Which is quite natural actually because uh, what happened is that uh, all along I was doing photo shoots, you know, fashion shoots, boudoir shoots. Mm -hmm. You know, these were my interests. Yeah. But I never ever took money for it. Yeah, even when I did modeling, or even when I went on magazines and things, things like that. Yeah. So, um, my friend was like, "That that's like a source of income that you're you're wasting. You know, you're right. you're putting yourself out there, but you're not taking any money for yeah, it. Yeah, you should make some money out of it. Actually, <laughs> these are honest. all work. Yes, yes. Yeah. So they they were trying to teach me how to monetize what I was doing already. Yep. So they're like, oh, since you're doing fashion you can you know reach out for sponsors you can do advertisements mm. uh, you can do modeling you know paid modeling paid photo shoots yeah and then after that they were like oh since you're doing boudoir you can also sell the sets on these platforms yeah so that's when only fans came in mm. yeah so it wasn't really a very big change for me it was okay. just more of opening an account and putting this thing correct yeah. yeah okay okay and how does your family feel about it? Are they open-minded? Are they encouraging? Are they like, or like, are they, no, you know, don't do this. I don't know. I'm very thankful to have very loving and supportive siblings. Great. Yeah, uh, they, they support what I do. Uh, I think they can also see that I'm much happier now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In, in fact, I stopped taking my antidepressants. I'm off them already. And I'm like doing much better. Great. Yeah, than I was last year at this point of time. Yeah. Uh, you know, two years ago. Okay, that's I good. mean, my older sister would be more practical. She would hit me with the real questions like, oh, how long can you do this for? How much money are you uh -huh. earning? Is it putting foot on the table? Mm. Yeah, yeah. She, would, she would ask the more practical questions, but it's of like concern for me. OnlyFans has a negative connotation for most 
conservative people out there. How do you feel about people feeling that way about what you do? Do you know what I mean? I mean? How do you balance that? Or do you actually have filters in your head that go like, you know what, this is what I enjoy doing. So literally, mm. I don't care. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just another social media platform. It just has a, like a smelly name to it. Mm. Yeah. When I when I read the comments up front, I do feel a bit like, oh man, that's so sad. Like, why do they think of me like that? Then after that, after I digest it, then I realise that actually they don't really know what they're talking about kind of thing. I'm curious, what is what does it mean to you then, OnlyFans? Like, like what what is it? So other people don't really understand it. How do you understand this platform? Um, I think OnlyFans... It's actually very similar to Facebook. It's just that it has a paywall and it has like monetization kind of thing. Like directly you can buy stuff from people on OnlyFans. So OnlyFans is like literally opening a Facebook page. You post stuff there and it's almost like Facebook. It looks like Facebook. Mm -hmm. And some some posts are locked. Some pages are locked. Mm -hmm. And some messages are locked. Right. So you pay money to access those. Mm. Yeah, and if you're a fan of that person and you want to see that, that particular content, then you pay money for it. it and what they post online uh, might not be porn. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It, it's just that, yeah, there are people who do post porn on that. Yeah. Like, a lot of people post porn on it. Mm. But there are also people who use OnlyFans just as a fan page. Yeah. Like, to post things that maybe they can't post on Instagram or, or TikTok or whatever. Do your students reach out to you now and go like, I don't know, find out how you are and, and all that? Ex-students, they, they do come and contact me. Uh, current students, they do contact me, but I try not to reply. Right. Mm. Yeah, no. because I don't want to get people into trouble. I also don't want to get myself into trouble because I know what I'm doing right now is like um, in the M18, you know, these kids that are still not 18, I... I don't want to get them into trouble or yeah. get myself into trouble kind of thing. Yeah. Even though we're not talking about anything that's like mm. age restricted. <laughs> okay. It's just it's just a precaution. Yeah. Yeah. And what are there any other sorts of like precautions that you take in order to I don't know just to keep things safe for you uh, in in any way shape or form with regards to OnlyFans or all the other content creation that you do? Of course, of course. Yeah. With every content creation uh platform and stuff, we follow very strictly to like the the platform's rules and also because we're Singaporeans we follow Singapore law mm. as well yeah. like there's no pornography mm. no nudity no non-artistic nudity kind of thing okay yeah so okay. If, if it's like nudity it has to be like artwork do you think like now kids go through a lot of like mental health issues as well do you feel that way and and did you have experience of them sharing their mental health issues with you as well? Definitely, definitely. Um, because I talk to the kids a lot. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. somebody who likes to, like, you know, engage in conversations outside of my lesson. Yeah. You know, basically, I detract a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but I find it easier to, to uh, relate to the kids like that and get them interested. Yeah. Like, if you are interested in them, then they realise that, oh, I matter to this mm. and I can apply myself to this. Yeah. And and then they will respond better as well. So that that's what I do. I talk to the kids and they 
they will tell me the problems and things like that. And I find that um, nowadays, children, um, because you know, of the internet and things mm-hmm. like that. Kids are way more knowledgeable than we were, uh, the previous generation were mm. when we were kids. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They are very um, informed of mental health, mental mm. illnesses, uh, the stresses that other people face yeah. kind of thing. I mean, there, there's always two sides. Like, there's the yeah. very ignorant and then there's the very knowledgeable. But I think most... Kids nowadays, you know, majority are very much more knowledgeable yeah. than we were. There's, there's like tons of like listicles online that tell you, like, oh, if you have these symptoms, yes. you know, then yeah. <laughs> yes. you probably have this and that or like online quizzes mm, for yeah. you to take. And Ginny yeah. is like, don't believe any of them. Oh my God. No. no. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, they, that can be a guide because I mean, now we Google everything, right? Yes, so, yes. So, and, and that can be helpful, right? Because it's, it's the first like, platform where we go to take information correct um however it can be quite dangerous in a sense if you don't really know like where the limits are then you just diagnose yourself Right. And, right, and that is really a risk that like the children are doing now. Even even sometimes we ourselves we do Correct. that. Correct. Right? Yeah. yeah. So like, oh, I'm depressed. You know, for like for how long? Let's go online and see what are the criteria. Is. Oh, tick tick tick. <laughs> yeah, tick, yeah. Right? yeah. How do you scare yourself right yeah. now? Yeah. Oh no, I have this and this and this. That's and this. right. <laughs> so again, I guess my advice is always seek professional help because yeah. I mean there are certain criteria. We don't just look at the criteria. We need to take into the wider context. You know what's happening. You know what are some of the triggers. You know what have you, what you have been going through like if i can share with you for example let's say um you know pass on of a loved one it's natural for us to get depressed and let's say we are diagnosed with clinical depression then that's that's kind of normal in a sense Mm. right however let's say if you are like this you know um with nothing major happening and then you're just continuously like that then you might really want to seek help that can be really more than that Mm. so um it's better to always talk to somebody rather than to you know go through that and diagnose yourself yeah 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 Yeah. so there's like two sides Mm-hmm. Um, there are kids that uh, know all these things from from the internet, and they they realize their problems, or they are, they they are more sensitive to people because of that. Right. Yeah. So that's that's a good part. And then of course there's the other side. Right. Like, oh yeah, I I got ADHD. I got depression. Yeah. I got this and that. And, you know. Right. I got, um. That that other one is called ADD or something like that. Yeah. And all these labels are kind of thrown around, right? Yeah. So, oh, you know, don't be OCD. Uh, like, you oh, know, when right. you just try to like be tidy a little bit. So we try to refrain from using labels like this Correct. unnecessarily, yeah. right? Um, in, in fact, just, just, just describe that behavior. Yeah. Because over time, people might pick up the wrong things and basically, oh, that means I'm OCD or that means I'm ADHD, right? So we refrain from labeling. Shana, have you ever thought about going back to teaching? Full time. <laughs> I I do enjoy teaching, and if there was a chance, like when I'm much older and I've done whatever bucket list things that I want to do, yeah, you know, I don't mind going back teaching. Yeah, what else is on your bucket list? I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> what else? Yeah. Uh, what do you want to do? El, what else do you want to do that you haven't done yet? I mean, traveling definitely. Mm, yeah. You know, uh, I, I I want to grow a few pets. You know, grow a few pets, meaning like have some pets and wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> that's a weird thing to say, right? Yeah. But, you know, try to grow a few animals. Okay. Like, like not the usual cat and dog. 
kind oh, of thing. Oh, okay. Like what? What kind of? What kind of like pets? A gecko. A gecko. Oh, so cute. Yeah. But it's not allowed in Singapore. Maybe yeah. I'll grow it overseas. <laughs> <laughs> have a gecko farm. I don't know. I have more than one gecko. <laughs> yeah, the leopard gecko is so cute. Oh my gosh. I heard they scream at you sometimes. No, really? Uh, yeah, it's super cute. Can we cute. please superimpose a screaming gecko right here, right, right beside my head right now? <laughs> thank you so much for sharing. I mean, what an eye-opening um, experience chatting with you and thank you for being so open and sharing your life with us, a slice of your life with us. Um, we wish you the best with everything. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and, and, and hope you stay well. And if there's anything, you can always ask Jeannie. You know, yeah, Jeannie sure. will help Anytime. you out in any way, shape or form. Yeah, thank you so much, Chanel. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you guys for watching. quite viral um, and I, my phone was uh, under investigation so I didn't have a phone and I already started my TikTok journey yeah so the first thing when I, uh, she built me out I came out of the police station and I asked her hey what to do now you know it was my first thing in my life that I got something to look forward my content need an eco smart aircon that gives you peace of mind get a Daikin aircon and you'll have smarter reasons to smile Buy a Daikin iSmart Ecosystem 3 and above before 30th June 2024 and get one plus two years extended aircon warranty. Experience the convenience of smart and voice control. Just say the magic words to control your aircon. Experience it yourself at Daikin. Perfecting the air, Daikin.